and we'll release our faith for manna from heaven, for the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A, uh, the, the right message, the word in season that will strengthen the weary and quicken the faint. Somebody say, so be it. So be it. Clear up the confused. Right? Hallelujah. And catapult us. That's a word came up in my spirit right there. Catapult us into the higher things of the Lord. How many believe there are much bigger, much greater, much higher than what we have seen and known? So be it. So be it. In uh, Romans, the 12th chapter, well, let, let, let's pray first. Father, in Jesus' name, we all come into agreement. Everybody here in Sarasota, everybody in Branson, everybody watching live on the Internet, asking for utterance, asking for the anointing. Lord, we ask. You said you, said you have not because you ask not, so we're asking. We're asking for the moving of the Holy Spirit. We're asking for the working of your holy angels. We're asking for the flooding of our eyes with light and truth in our hearts and a supply of the Spirit in us and on us all. Ah, let there be a, a heavy manifestation of your presence, Lord, because in your light we see light. And it's the anointing that teaches. Uh, hallelujah. So we ask for it. We believe we receive it. And we purpose to treasure what you give us, not to be forgetful hearers, but to be doers. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Somebody say, I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. You know, that's the only people that get results. Not just those that hear it, not just those that take notes, not just church goers or CD players. Only the doers. And you said you, you are a doer. I, I'm a doer. You're a doer. We're all doers. Romans, the 12th chapter, and the third verse. Romans 12 and 3. He said, I say through the grace given to me to every man that's among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Young's literal translation says, as to each God did deal a measure of faith. Would that include you? Yes, sir. That include me? Yes, Said out loud, I have been dealt, have been dealt from, God from God a measure, a measure of, faith. of faith. So it would be uh, completely contrary to the scriptures to say, I can't believe. Amen. Hmm? You hear people say that sometimes. I, I, just, I just can't believe that. I'm sorry, but I just can't believe that. That's an untrue statement considering the nature of what faith is 
and considering the truth that God has dealt to every one of us. A measure of faith. No, the correct way to say it would be, I choose not to believe. That's the truth. But God has dealt to every one of us a measure of faith. And uh, skipping on down to the next verse, verse 4, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, whether prophecy, and let, let us prophesize in uh, added by the translators, it just says whether prophecy, then according to the proportion of faith. What? Prophesy. Then seven, verse 7, or ministry on ministering, or he that teaches on teaching. What's he saying? He's repeating the thought, how am I going to prophesy? According to the previous verse, says I've been dealt a measure of faith. How am I going to prophesy according to my measure of faith? How are you going to prophesy? According to your measure of faith. Now, did you know the scripture says, uh, well, if I pointed to you and I said, brother, sister, come up here right now and prophesy. <laughs> what would a lot of people think? Hmm? A lot of people would think, what? <laughs> I'm not a prophet. I didn't say come up here and be a prophet. <laughs> Does the scripture say, for you may all prophesy? Is that in the Bible? That in you, you may all prophesy. Well, is that true or not? We have a lot to learn, don't we? Um, if you look in 1 Corinthians uh, 12 and, and 14 chapters, then you see he talks about what prophecy is. Simple prophecy is not foretelling the future or predicting anything. Simple prophecy or prophecy only is speaking unto men to edification exhortation and comfort. And in Revelation, it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what if I said, come up here and testify about what Jesus has done for you? Could you do that? Now people think, well, okay, I could. Well, if you come up here and begin to testify, not something you worked up in your head, but just right out of your heart, what's real, what Jesus has done for you, there'd be an anointing on it. I said there'd be an anointing on it, and you would be prophesying. Now, how, how strong that anointing might be, and how rich that revelation would be, and how high you would go in your testifying would be determined by what? Your measure of faith. And if you have no faith to prophesy, then you'd just sit back there and look at me blankly and go, no, no, please don't call me up. I can't. I can't. And that's not true. Do you have faith? 
Can all of us prophesy one by one? Boy, did I lose somebody? I'm not a prophet. We're not even talking about that. No. How are you going to prophesy? Well, if you teach, how are you going to teach? So, if your measure of faith increases, what would happen with your teaching? The, the anointing, and you would access greater grace with greater faith, which would result in more anointing and greater revelation. Oh, that was shouting ground right there, and then I don't think I heard one shout. Uh, is it true? Is it true that, that you and I can grow in faith? Didn't the Bible say your faith grows exceedingly? Talking to the saints of Thessalonica. Your faith grows exceedingly. Well, if my, if my faith is stronger uh, six months from now than it is now, that means I can prophesy on another level. I can teach on another level. I can preach on another level. Is that right? Well, if the anointing is stronger and the revelation is greater, the truth makes people free. And the greater the truth, the more people get free. And the anointing removes the burden and destroys the yoke. And if the anointing is stronger, more people are going to get set free. And it's not that we're waiting on God to initiate the next move. He will minister to us all the grace, all the anointing, all the revelation. Our faith will rise up and receive. The issue is not waiting on God and convincing God to pour it out. The the limiting factor is the receptacle. Do you remember when the Lord told us, the, the uh, widow woman to uh, take her bar of vessels, not a few, go in, shut the door, and pour out of her little pot into these vessels. And the Lord multiplied the oil as long as there was a receptor. And when there was no more room to receive it, the miracle stopped, the flow stopped. The multiplication stopped. So how many vessels did she get? It was according to her faith as to how many she might have needed. Do you reckon when they got down to the last pot, she thought, I wish I'd have got some more. (laughs) Little faith prepares little. Big faith prepares big. No faith waits and sees if we might need a pot. And if we see we need one, we'll try to run out and get one real quick. (laughs) Little faith prepares a little. Big faith prepares big. Hallelujah. What are you getting ready for? (laughs) Now, you knew that was the right answer, but I'm asking you to think about... (laughs) What you are getting ready for. What are you getting ready for? Just uh, almost every day, Phyllis can tell you this, in our personal time at home, riding around in the car, going to eat, whatever. I mean, hardly a day goes by, maybe two days or whatever, that I'll look at her and I'll say, what are we excited about? 
What are we excited about? Because if I'm in faith, I'm persuaded of something. And if I'm persuaded of something, I'm expecting something. And if I'm expecting something big and rich and good, I'm excited about it. If you're not excited, you're not expecting. If you're not expecting, you're not persuaded. You're not in faith. I'm asking you, I believe the Lord's asking you, what are you excited about? What are you stirred up about? What are you getting ready for? What are you getting ready for? We've been getting ready for this plane for months now. We've we've bought a tug to pull it and don't have it yet. We've gone to school and got ready to fly it and don't have it yet. We're getting ready to get a big barn, a big hangar to put it in. Well, you you might say, well, you ought to, won't you wait and see if you need it? No, we're going to need it. We're getting ready. So somebody say, getting ready. Getting ready. ready. I know the first uh, uh, twin engine plane that we believed for. I, I, I said, man, we're in faith, we're in faith. And the Lord, one afternoon, he said, if I gave it to you today, where would you put it? How would you take care of it? Are you ready? Well, no. Hmm? There are a lot of folks believing for a spouse. And if they saw them today, they might just keep walking. Because they're not ready. They're not ready financially. They're not ready emotionally. They're not ready in a number of ways. And sometimes it's the mercy of God that you don't see the thing because you're not ready for it yet. And people think they're waiting on Him. And the truth is, as soon as you get ready, He's been ready. There's been thing after thing that Phyllis and I thought, well, you know, we're just waiting and waiting. And as soon as it started happening, we realized, man, we hadn't been ready till just right now. We thought we were ready, but we weren't ready. Faith gets ready. And so I, I, we, we went and the Lord worked out a supernatural thing for us. Just a blessing to get a hangar and, and, and to get a place to, that we could maintain, do some maintenance. And, and then I went out there. I got the measurements off the plane. I measured it off. And I said, okay, the nose wheel is going to go right here. And I put a big X right there. Okay, the main wheel is going to go right here. Plenty of clearance for the tail. Plenty of clearance for the wings. Okay, and this is how it will work. And this is where we wait. Okay, I get some, I'm going to have some ice over here for this. I'm going to put this. I got ready. Hallelujah. I'm ready. I just stand there and look. I'm looking at three X's on the floor. There it is. There it is. (laughs) It wasn't six months. It was sitting on top of those X's. I said it was sitting on top of those X's. Little faith gets ready a little. Big faith gets ready big. No faith waits and sees. If we're going to need anything. What are you getting ready for? What are you getting ready for? I don't believe it's just me asking you. I believe the Lord's asking you. What what are you getting ready for? What are you excited about? I mean stirred. What What are you excited about? Well. Just whatever the Lord wants. You can't leave up to him. What he's left up to you. What did Jesus tell people repeatedly? According to my amazing ability. No, according to God's highest and perfect will. No, no, according to what? According to your faith, be it unto you. It's a lot more up to us than people have thought. And the measure of it. 
Say it out loud. I have, I have a, measure of faith, a measure of faith. And that measure, and that measure is, getting bigger, is getting bigger. Is getting stronger. Getting stronger. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Now go with me to John again. Look at this in John second chapter. We've looked at it, but we're going to see other things out of it now. In John chapter 2, at the wedding feast of Canaan, Jesus' mother told him that they had run out of wine. He said, what's that to us? We talked about there's a lot of things that are just none of our business unless the Lord says something to you about it. You can't just go in and straighten out everybody's life with your faith. And uh, But she said to them, whatever he says to you, do it. Is she saying, get ready? Yes. <laughs> Be on standby. Is that right? Yes. Be ready. Be ready for what? Well, just whatever he says. Just be. How many think we ought to be on ready all the time? Is there ever a morning? Is there ever an afternoon? Is there ever a day or night that the Lord doesn't want to do something? Huh? He's always wanting to do something. He's always ready. Always ready. Some years ago, we first got filled with the Spirit speaking in tongues, and there were some people that uh, that I knew, and they, they'd heard about it, and, and they didn't believe in, in just receiving and speaking in tongues. They believed in tarrying, and you might receive, you might not. And and so uh, they asked me about it, and I said, oh, yeah, praise God. And they said, uh, so you, you think, they said, you can just talk in tongues just any time you want to? I said, yeah. And they said, no, 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 no. No, you can't turn the Holy Ghost off and on. And just right out of my spirit, I said, yeah, that's right. He's always on. He's always on. And anytime you yield to him, he'll give you utterance. Did you know he never sleeps? He never slumbers. He's always there. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's always on. Well, he's always on for a healing. He's always on for a deliverance. He's always on for a me. He's always on. And so is it's up to us receiving and responding. You believe that? Thank you, Lord. Where, where did you go? John, too. Boy, you're you're there. That's good. And so he he told them. Uh, she told the servants, "Get ready. Whatever he says to you, do it." Verse five. Put it on the screen. Let's look at it again. His mother said to the servants, whatsoever he says to you, do it. And I said, I believe the Lord quickened to me. Uh, it's been on my heart. This part's been on my heart for months and years, actually. That there are a lot of folks frustrated in, the, in their faith walk, as they would call it. And a number of people have had what they would call faith failures. And there really is that's not a good term in my now, Jesus uh, prayed for Peter that his faith fail not. And so there's a, there's a truth there. But at the same time, real faith in God does not fail. And God does not fail. But there are a number of people who have, they've confessed and confessed and it didn't happen. They prayed and prayed. And as far as they knew, they were in faith. And it didn't work. And there's a lot of frustration. And the Lord quickened to me two 
reasons why this is so. And one of them is passiveness. Not acting. Not taking a step. Just, you know, there's more to faith than believing. Hmm? There's more to faith than believing. The demons believe. Right? And they're not getting any results. No, faith without an action. Faith without a word or a deed to release it is a dead, inoperative, non-producing faith. Dead faith. There, not all faith is living, productive faith. There's unfeigned faith and there is feigned faith. There is dead faith and there is living faith. And people say, well, faith is faith. No, it's not. And so... Saying and saying and praying and praying, but then when the Lord prompts you to do something, not doing it, that has resulted in people going month after month and year after year thinking that they're waiting on God, but He told you to do something. Well, yeah, but how can I do it? You do it by faith. Why? Just do what He said. Right? Just do what He said. And many have gotten hung up there because they keep waiting and waiting and waiting and haven't done what He said. Didn't see how it connected. Didn't see why. Don't you think uh, uh, when the Lord told Naaman to go dip in the river, did he almost miss his miracle? Because he's saying, what? Surely I thought he'd come out here and put his hand over me and pray over me. And he didn't even come out the door. He sends his servant, says, go dip in the river. What does he think? I stink? I need a bath? What? If I wanted to go to the river, we got a lot better rivers than this back home. And he left in a huff, and he's missing his miracle. Thank God for a good servant that was with him. A lot of folks, if it wasn't for their good help, boy, they'd be in trouble. I suspect, you know, they, they, they spun the wheels of the chariot, left rubber in the driveway, and they ran. <laughs> or paw prints. And, and, and they're roaring down the road. And he's in a huff. He's mad. He is not accustomed to being treated this way. He's the big boss around. And, and I don't know how long this went, but finally one of his men leaned up and said, Boss, uh, we were ready. We brought all this money. We brought all this stuff. We were ready to do big stuff. Um, why don't we just do what he said? <laughs> What's the key to miracles? Help me out. What's the key to miracles? And, you know, depending on how proud he was, maybe a few minutes passed and he said, you know, we came all this way. <laughs> and we were prepared to do all these things. I, why not just do? Why not just do it? Man said, excellent idea, sir. Excellent idea. <laughs> and no healing was manifested until they went to that river He got in there. He dipped not once, not twice, but seven times. And when he did, oh, hallelujah, instantly, power of God manifested. Wonder how many other times that could be repeated. Folks think they're waiting on God. They're upset. They're mad. But he told them something very simple to do. They didn't see why. And they didn't see how it connected. So they didn't do it. And that showed no faith. Faith says, I don't understand it, but here we go. And the other part was, 
whatever he says to you, we must hear from him. And we must not be presumptuous. We talked about that last night. We must not be presumptuous. But I want to talk to you about something I know you're going to get stirred up about further. Hmm? Second Corinthians 10, go there please. I want to talk to you about how to immediately increase in your faith. <laughs> I'm talking about for, before you get out of the building tonight. Before, uh, are you with me? Before you get out of the building tonight. Oh, this is, this is tremendous. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, the Lord visited Brother Kenneth and myself in our kitchen today. Hallelujah. Am I exaggerating, Brother Kenneth? He, he visited us, and, and, and oh, glory to God. We, we hardly know what to do with ourselves right now. And part of it was, I believe, a few things that we'll be able to share with you on this. And it, it will, it, not might, it will make the difference between people living and dying. It will make the difference between seeing the results and miracles and not. It's, an, it's answers to why some things didn't work. Do you want to know? Are you hungry? Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it, it's plain, clear Strong answers as to why some things didn't work. Wasn't, do you believe it wasn't God's fault? Amen. Wasn't God's fault. Well, 2 Corinthians 10 and 12. He said, we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves. That's a lot of themselves. <laughs> are not wise. They're being unenlightened. They're being foolish. With all this comparison. Keep going. We will not boast of things without what? Without our measure. Well, see, that's what Romans was talking about. Don't think more highly of yourself, but soberly, realistically, according to what? According to your measure. Here he's talking about the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us, which is connected to your measure of faith, a measure to reach even to you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not to you, for we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. Now he's referring to how far he had gotten preaching the gospel and his measure. Didn't Romans say we'll preach according to our measure of faith and we'll teach according to our measure of faith? We stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we didn't reach you. We did reach you. Our measure of faith and the measure of the ministry the Lord has given us includes you. Verse 15, not boasting of things without our measure. You know, you need to know what you are 
And you need to know what you're not. You need to know what you're anointed to do. And you need to acknowledge what you're not anointed to do. We are not all anointed with all the anointings. We we are not graced to stand in all of the offices and all of the ministries. I'm a body part with that graces, those graces. You're a different body part with your graces and so on throughout the whole body. And oh, what a different church it would be if we learned how to defer to another's graces and learn how to let everybody function in their abilities and graces and not just try to be one man shows all the time. When they came to John the Baptist and they said, who are you? He told them who he wasn't. He said, I'm not the one. They said, you him? He said, I'm not him. I'm not him. You need to know who you're not. And you need to know who you are. You need to know where you're sent to and where you're not sent to. What you're graced to do and what you're not graced to do. Because you go beyond the measure of your call and grace. Now you're in your own strength. And oh, you're going to get tired. And you, you, the provision's not going to be there. And the help's not going to be there. Oh, but when you're in your place, you're in your grace. Hallelujah. You're in your flow. You're in your ability. Can you say amen? God has placed every one of us in the body as it has pleased Him. If you're not clear, we need to seek the Lord. Fasting, prayer, whatever it takes, seek the Lord till you get clear on where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. Can you say amen? amen? He said, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you. Say that phrase out loud. When your faith is increased, we shall be enlarged. Say it again. When your faith is increased, we shall be enlarged. Are we waiting on the Lord? His timing on this particular thing? No. When's it going to happen? As soon as our faith is increased, we shall be enlarged. And not only us, this goes back to Romans, but here people that have been influenced through the anointing and and through the faith that you access the call and grace with, the seed of the Word of God that came through you in them will multiply and enlarge you also. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now that's a whole other message. I don't know how much we could get into that. (laughs) But if you're smart and a wise man or woman, you will sow all the seed you can into good ground in other people. Hallelujah. Paul said this. He said, you are my glory. Talking about the churches and the people that came up under his ministry. Hallelujah. What is that? And he has this revelation. 
Phyllis, this is what we've been talking about. Well, once in a while, when we get a minute to sit on the porch and be still, and we talk about, you know, we're not 18 anymore. Well, I believe we've got a lot of miles left in us, but, you know, boy, this last 30 years passed by pretty quick. And this next 30, 40 is going to go by pretty. If the Lord tarries is coming, we'll look up. But think about this. It could be that you and I could be in heaven and these works could still be going on. Hallelujah. And we're resting from our labors. Oh, but our dividends are rolling in. Hallelujah. From every seed we plant. Oh, do you see this? When your faith is increased, we will be enlarged by you. Through you. Well, when you see this, it'll, it'll help you to not be selfish. You'll think, boy, the more I can sow into them, the better off I am. I've had more than one person tell me, Brother Keith, I'm preaching your stuff. I don't change anything. I just preach it just like you. Boy, that blesses me so much. Why? I mean, I got seed in what they're doing. I, I got a part. I had one fellow tell me, he said, I changed a couple of things, like my wife's name is Phyllis, and I'm from Mississippi. He said, but the rest of it was exactly like He said, is that all right? I said, yes, yes. Oh, it, it just thrills my soul. It just blesses me so much. Why? Because I'm not just preaching where I'm preaching. I'm preaching with them. I'm preaching with them. I'm preaching with them. I'm preaching with them. I got seed. Hallelujah. And if it was, if it was bad, it was me. If it was good, it was him. Is that right? I got it from him. And so glory to God, when you feel that way, you just, you just want to give as much as you can. You just want to, uh, yeah, take it. Take some more. You take all of it. <laughs> right? God will give me some more. But it's going to be multiplied. And then the people you sow it into, it'll be multiplied back to you and then back to me and then back to Brother Copeland and Brother Hagen, the folks that sowed into me. Come on, you see what I'm saying? This thing is just multiplying. Multiplying. And the enlargement is directly connected to the increase of faith. The enlargement is directly connected to the increase of faith. God said out loud, God's enlarging us. God's enlarging us. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The... uh, uh, some months ago, we taught a series called Thanksgiving Victory. And that revelation came out of decades back when in a time of prayer, the Lord asked me a question. He said, Keith, would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive from me? How long do you think it took me to answer that question? <laughs> Keith, I remember exactly how he asked me that. Keith, would you like to know how to increase your capacity? Are you hearing these words? My capacity to receive from him. He can only pour into me what I have capacity to receive. Brother Copeland was talking about that. You know, where's your choking point? Where you go, that's too much. 
And, okay, well, let's say you're choking on this. How do you enlarge? How do you increase to where you're no longer choking on it? This is what he said to me. Would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive from me? I said, I said, yes, yes, and please, yes. He said, cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Say that out loud with me, please. Cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Say it again. Cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. I believe every one of those words are significant. What does cultivate tell you? It's not going to happen automatically. Hmm? What does cultivate means? You got to take the machinery and go break up the ground. Is that right? So am I just going to automatically be thankful all the time unless I make an effort? Unless I remind myself, uh, we got little placards all over the ministry. I mean, in the speaker's room, in the hall, in the bathrooms. It says, remember to be thankful. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his... Why would you have to, why would you have to tell us? Forget not. Forget not. It's one of the biggest weaknesses of human beings. It's a choice to remember. Hallelujah. And in the remembering, there's the giving of thanks. Oh, I was there when the Lord saved my soul. I was there when He filled me with the Holy Spirit. I was there. When he took me not knowing a thing and began to feed me, spoon feed me, hallelujah, and take me out a step at a time and take me further than I ever dreamed he could take a country boy like me. Come on here, listen, and use me and bless me and let me be a blessing to other people. Should I be thinking about that all the time? Should I be thanking God all the time? All. What about you? Should you be thanking God all the time? Well, the enemy knows this. And he will oppose you in this. And there's much more going on than just, oh, you ought to be more thankful. Mm-mm. There's much bigger things going on if you're not being, and you and I are not being thankful. Go over those words with me again. Cultivate, Cultivate. a what? A What's a lifestyle? That's not just something you do on Sunday morning right. or Wednesday night, right? Yeah. Not just something you do at the Greater Faith Conference or, or in a meeting for a few days. What's a lifestyle? When I get up in the morning, lunchtime, is that right? When I come in at the end of the day, when I go to bed, is that right? It's a way of life. Cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Go to Romans, please, the first chapter. And I believe there's, well, I know there's insight here into why the enemy opposes this. One of the worst things that could happen to us is to become unthankful. To be unthankful is to be unbelieving. 
Y'all with me, friends? You cannot be unthankful and in faith about that thing at the same time. To be unthankful is to be unbelieving. I know uh, uh, when I was first going to Ramah, I had two sport jackets and three pair of pants and one pair of dress shoes. And after months of wearing them every day, they got pretty rough. And, and I'm learning faith, so I'm confessing. I'm getting new clothes. I'm getting new jackets and pants. I'm getting new suits. And I'm getting my new stuff. I'm getting my new stuff. And then I'd go to get dressed and I'd think, man, I'm tired of this stuff. <laughs> Same, you know, you'd see it a lot. Same jacket. And if one of them's dirty, you know, you see it even more until it's clean or something's <laughs> wrong with it. And, uh, and you know, I'm believing, we're believing for a new car. And the one we got, something of a junker. And if it's difficult to start or it's clanking or the AC doesn't work or the heater's not working. You ever been in the cold wintertime in a car that the heater didn't work? Oh, man, you have to go a long ways. You think your feet will never be right again. <laughs> and so complaining. And the Lord, he corrected me. One day I was, I was, I was standing, reaching in my closet. And, and, and he said, he said this, this doesn't work. Being griping about what you have and being in faith for better. He said, you're contradicting yourself. I didn't understand what he's talking about, but I accepted it. And I realized, what would I have if I didn't have this? I'd be naked and they wouldn't let me in class. <laughs> huh? <laughs> huh? Unbelief is need conscious. Faith is seed conscious. And God conscious. What do you mean? We, we talked about this earlier. Uh, where is it? Second Kings, where the widow... Uh, well, I'll just tell you. you. You guys are scriptorians anyway. She came and told a man of God, the creditors have come. The creditors have come. And man, in those days, when the creditors came, they didn't just repossess your car. They'd take your kids. They'd take your children. And go sell them for slaves. And put the money on the debt. Sell you too. Your house, everything you had. So when she comes to the man of God and she says, you, you, you know, her husband had died. And a lot of times in those days, if your husband died as a woman, you didn't have the, the ability to have income like today. And, and uh, she's in a mess and the family's in a mess. She said, you know your servant. He's a good man, and you know what he was, and she's coming to the man of God for help. What, what can be done? The creditors come, and, and we don't have anything. You know what his answer to her is? What do you have in the house? Hmm? What 
There it is. Boy, aren't these guys smart? That's like a word of knowledge. Huh? Tell me. Tell me what? What's she telling him? What she doesn't have. And what she needs. And what did he, what did he ask her? Is he changing her? Is he getting her off of this? Away from being need conscious and on to being seed conscious. What do you have? She says, well, I, I don't have anything in the house except this little pot of oil. Well, then it's not true you don't have anything. You got a pot of oil. But see, unbelief in walking by sight goes... I need $100,000 and I need it right now. What's this dumb little pot of oil? See, that's how unbelief talks. That's how walking beside talks. That's how the world talks. What the Lord will do is say, what do you got? The blessing must be on something. A million times zero is zero. We got to give him something to multiply, something to bless. Right? Unbelief sees nothing there. God said, you know, Moses, how am I going to do this? He says, what you got in your hand there? <laughs> what do you got? He's thinking, ain't no way. After centuries that the most powerful ruler in the world, he's just going to walk in there and go, we're going to leave now, okay? He's going to say, no problem, go. God says, I can do this with a stick. But you got to give me something. Give me, what you got? Oh, I got this stick. He said, that's great, that's great. <laughs> I'll take that stick. <laughs> and I'm going to slap Pharaoh so many ways. <laughs> he will be glad. He will ask you to leave when I get through with you and this stick. Was it true? I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but thousands of people out on the side. Disciples say, you need to send this bunch away, man. They, you know, there's nothing to eat out here. What does he say? What do you have? He said, go and see. He didn't talk about how big the crowd was. He didn't talk about how big the bill is going to be. Oh, friends, don't let this, don't let this be too simple for you. Don't assume, yeah, I, I, I got this long ago. I assure you, you did not get all this long ago. And such is the world and the atmosphere that it pulls on you all the time to emphasize the problem, the need. Is that right? I've got to have $10,000 by the end of the month. I've got to have $10,000. And people don't realize it's, the, it's an imp from the enemy sitting on your shoulder going, where are you going to get it? Where are you going to get it? You've got to have, you have 10000 Where are you going to get ten? thousand dollars and if you let that roll through you and loop through you 
all you will do is be conscious of need. And you, you will have no faith. Because looping the need feeds fear. And your fear will grow. How can our faith get bigger? We must starve fear and feed faith. You can't see the healing looking at the symptoms. You can't see the miracle provision looking at the bills and talking about the bills. You can't see your marriage restored and happy looking and dwelling on your spouse's faults and your mistakes. You will not be able to see it. And if you can't see it, you can't be it. Oh, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, hallelujah. Look, somebody say, looking at him, looking at him, looking at him, looking at him, looking at him. I'm talking about how to have faith. I'm talking about how your faith can begin to grow immediately. It's a choice. I'm not looking at that. I'm not talking about that. I will not feed any fear. I'm going to look at him. I'm going to look at what he said. I'm going to focus on that and feed my faith. Feed my faith. Feed, starve my fear and feed my faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the children of Israel murmured in the desert and poisonous vipers came into the camp. You read about it? And bit many of the people and many of the people died and are dying. You talk about chaos. In the midst of this, Moses cries out to the Lord and the Lord showed him what to do. To take a brass snake and put it on a pole and lift it up high where everybody could see and then proclaim. Everyone that looks on the serpent on the pole shall live. Anybody remember? Anybody remember? Now you think about what had to happen next. If I had two poisonous vipers and turn them loose in here right now. What do you think would happen? Coming through by your legs, brushing up against it? Chaos. There there had to be hundreds, maybe thousands of these things, deadly poisonous vipers throughout this camp of hundreds of thousands and even millions of people with all their livestock, there were people laying there dead. There are people just been bit and their limbs are swelling up. Uh, there's livestock that's running and kicking and knock the tin over and knock stuff into the fire. There is chaos. There is confusion. And in the middle of that, 
In the middle of that, you had to ignore. You had to tune it out, brother. Come on, are you with me? And you had to fix your gaze on the serpent on the pole. The Amplified says, not just a passing glance, but a steady, absorbing gaze. What if you feel a snake brush against your foot? Ignore it. What if you've just been bit and you feel that venom rushing through your veins and you feel your throat constricting? If you want to live, brother, come on, are you listening? If you want to live, you've got you to ignore the pain. You've got to ignore the venom. You've got to ignore the screams. You've got to ignore everything. And what did the Bible say? Everyone that looked lived. We know from John, the third chapter, that that serpent on the pole is a type of Jesus. He said, even as Moses lifted up the serpent on the pole, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Why? A snake on a pole is a type of Jesus? Yes. Snake represents the sin and the evil. Brass represents judgment. On a pole represents the cross. Our spotless, sinless Lamb of God became sin. Hallelujah! On that place and judgment fell on Him. He took our infirmities. He was bruised for our transgressions. Is that right? Wasn't His it was ours. Our sicknesses were laid on him. The chastisement of our peace was laid on him. But when these things hit, if you don't fix your gaze on him, you will not, your faith will wane. If you turn your gaze away from him and you go, huh, huh, huh. I've been bent. I've been bent. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. You're dead. You're dead. There are no hospitals out here. There's no anti-venom serum. And yet, many, many who had already been bitten lived. And many were spared and weren't bitten. Everyone that looked Lift. Somebody say, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. The author. The finisher. Of faith. Of my faith. Was it easy to ignore all those symptoms and all that distress and all those chaos? But these men and women, not born again, were able to do it. So we must not say, I can't help it. The pain's too bad. The symptoms are too bad. I can't. Don't talk to me about looking at Jesus. I can't. I can't. Yes, you can. If you want to live, you have to. I said, if you want to live, you have to. What happened? Venom is, is flowing through people's bodies. And they were able to look up. You might have heard relatives screaming. 
You might have, there's your tent in the fire burning up. And your livelihood, a bunch of your camels are running out of sight over the hill. Don't know if you'll ever see them again. Oh, friend, the enemy is a master of distraction. And he is always doing this. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, this is awful. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, this is terrible. What are you going to do? There's no way. There's no hope. And if he can get you there, your fear will just build and build and build until it overwhelms you. And as that's happening, your faith will just drain away. Peter heard the words, come. Faith came from hearing the word. He stepped out on the boat and he was going to Jesus. If he's going to Jesus, he's looking where he's going. Is that right? Who's he looking at? What's he looking at? Does he have faith? Ain't no way you're walking on the water without faith. Is he got strong faith? He's out there with Jesus. Is that right? This is strong faith. Why? Hearing the words of the master, looking at the master, going towards the master, and then what happened? Then what happened? Then what happened? He saw the wind. How can you see the wind? Unless you're looking at the wind. And the waves, how can you see that? Unless you start looking at it. What happened? He turned away from looking at the master. He's looking at this. And this fed his fear. He, fed, he, he, he broke his connection that was feeding his faith. And he connected with what would feed fear into him. Oh, friends, can you see this? Look in Romans 1, please. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Say, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Didn't the scripture say, we walk by faith, not by sight. Y'all still with me? Did I lose you somewhere? Please don't think you already know this. We walk... By what? He didn't just stop there. Not. Not. Somebody say not. Not. There's something we need to do and there's something we need to not do. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are Not. not seen. You have to choose because it's right there in your face. And you've got to make up your mind, I'm not looking at that. I'm not looking. There are times when you need to go, no, 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 no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm not hearing that. I'm not looking at that. I, re- I refuse to talk with, no, I'm not talking about that. No, no. And we're not talking about playing ostrich and sticking your head in the sand and pretending that nothing's going on. You know it's there. You're not denying its existence. But you know I can't look at that and stay strong in faith. I can't talk about that and stay strong in faith. I can't. It's life and death. Even well-meaning people. 
They try to get you to talk about the problem. They try to get you to look at the, 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 the symptoms and the thing. And, and if you want to live, you have to say, no, no, I'm told you I'm not talking about that. Yes, no. What if I hurt their feelings? Well, they'll be glad you're still alive. Exactly. No. I can't talk about those bills. I can't talk about all that interest. I can't talk about the, the state of the, the affairs. I'm talking about I'm a giver. How, I got seed in the ground. And God supplies all my needs. You, you, I, I've got to look at Him and all this chaos around me and all this pain and all these symptoms. I cannot look at these things that are seen and felt. I've got to discipline myself to look, hallelujah, at Him and only Him. Because it's too critical that my faith be continually fed. I, I, I need, as long as I'm looking at Him, there's light in his eyes. There's victory in his eyes. As long as I'm looking at his face, there's glory in the face of Jesus. There's victory in the face of Jesus. Hallelujah. If I look at this other stuff, there's death in that. There's defeat in that. I can't look at it. I can't talk about it. In Romans 1. Romans 1. The Bible said, verse 19, that which may be known of God, Romans 1.19, is manifest in them or to them, men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, for God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I should have started uh, one verse, two verses earlier. Verse 17. Do you see what that says? God has revealed the righteousness of God from faith to faith. That is written, what the just shall what? Live by. What's he talking about in this passage? Living by faith. Verse 21. Because that when they knew God, when they saw and knew it was God, what'd they do? They glorified Him not as God, and neither were they what? To be unthankful is to be unbelieving. Because if you saw, God created all this. God has a master plan. God has sent Jesus. If you believe it, how will you respond? You will be thankful. I said, you will be thankful that God made all this. He made me. He gives me life and breath in all things. He sent Jesus. He saved me. If you believe it, you'll be thankful. If you're unthankful, it's because you don't believe it. You don't believe it. I mentioned this the other night when I first started ministering in Brother Hagin's healing school. I'd share healing verses with people sometimes. And they'd look at me and say, I already know all those. And I'm young, young. I thought, man, I, I need to find some scriptures they don't know. Because they, they know all these and they're not impressed. And, and the Lord helped me to see. He said, son, listen, you don't need to find new scriptures. New scriptures. How many understand there's more healing in 1 Peter 2.24 than you and I will ever need? He said, when somebody tells you their problem and you tell them what I said, and they're still upset. They don't believe it. 
they don't believe it. They're still looking for something else. Hmm? They don't believe it. When you believe it, what do you do? Oh, God. Oh, God. They tell me I'm dying. I'm sick. I ain't going to make it. Oh, God. He said, listen up, son. By my stripes, you were healed. I know that's in there. I know I know all them scriptures is in there. But, God, I need a touch. I need a touch. You don't believe what he told you. You don't believe it. You don't believe it. If you believe it, what do you do? <laughs> Permission to be healed, sir. You are healed, soldier. Thank you, sir. That's it. Isn't now you? I'm not. I'm not just saying something. Isn't that one of the two times that Jesus said, "I hadn't seen faith this strong and this great"? Now, is that that right? When the centurion said, "I'm a man under authority, and I got people under me, and I tell them you go and they go, do this and they do it, and I acknowledge you if you'll just say the word." So when the Lord says, I'm meeting all your needs, I'm taking care of you, I'm supplying everything you need, you go, ha, that's it. That's it. What remains for me? But thanksgiving and praise. But if for day after day, you look at the bills and go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? It feeds your fear. And you won't be strong in faith. He said when they're not thankful, what happened? Romans 1, 21, when they knew God, now that didn't mean they knew Him as their personal Savior. They, they recognized that God existed and they knew that He was real. What'd they do? They didn't glorify Him. This is very important. You're going to see that again later. That, what'd they do? They didn't glorify Him and they were not thankful. And as a result, what happened? They became vain in their imaginations. What you, that, that's your imagings. That's the things you're seeing in your mind. And at this point, it is completely non-productive. The things they are thinking and imagining are vanity. Nothing is going to come out of it. And their foolish heart was what? Darkened. And professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Acted like they were wise. And their understanding is darkened. It's one of the things Brother Kenneth and I were talking about today. When I was first year Raymond student. Hang, we'd been going to school for six months. Some of our fellow students came over to our little apartment down on Shoot'em Up Alley. <laughs> Wasn't a, what, kind of a rough part of town. And uh, we put what little things we had together, and every one of us was believing for every pair of socks, every tank of gas. That's where we were. But we're training for the ministry. So we're, we're Bible students now for like all of five months. And somebody brought up a passage of Scripture, and we thought, hmm, boy, now that's a doozy. And so we... Talked about it. Most everybody tried to act like they knew something and they didn't. And 
And our conclusion after a couple of hours of talking about this was that this is a difficult passage. It's one of those difficult. That's a word we had learned in theology that some passages are difficult. Everybody left. We went to bed. I'm laying across the uh, bed going to sleep. The Spirit of God spoke to me. The, the Master spoke to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside. He said, Keith, would you like to understand that, that scripture? I said, oh, yeah. Oh, that's what we've been talking about all night. I, I'm sure you heard it. <laughs> he said, now... You're further away from understanding that than you've ever been. You're further away from understanding that than you've ever been. In other words, I'd have been closer to understanding it, I was, before we had this discussion. What has happened is my understanding is darker Now, after our debating this, then before the evening began. And yet we're Bible students talking about the Bible. And I'm laying there puzzled about this, thinking, huh? Well, well, then he spoke to my heart. He said, son, don't talk about Don't think about, don't dwell on what you don't know, what you don't have, what you can't do. I got four or five people with me. What what had we done? We had talked about, I don't understand this, and boy, that's, that's hard to understand, and we don't know this, and we don't know that. He said, Talk about what you know. Talk about what you have. Talk about what you can do. And in the light of that, you will get more light. In thy light, we see light. Hmm? And if, if I'm talking about what something I have, I'm going to be thankful. If I'm talking about something I know, I'm going to be thankful. And I saw it just like, if you need to, and you don't know where else to go, you just go, I know I'm saved. I know. I know my name is in the Lamb's book of life. I know. I'm on my way to heaven. I know Jesus' blood has washed me clean. I'm already in a revelation stream. I'm not in darkness going, I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, say it another hundred times and see how smart you feel. Spiritual laws are affected. And and the, the enemy is so subtle. So subtle. People think they're being spiritual. And they go, I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, it's, 
Why? And, and, and I don't understand. I don't understand. It'll get darker. Are you being thankful right now? No. And if you're unthankful, you're unbelieving. Just asking questions. I don't know. Well, if, if we had the money, we could do it. We need the money. We need the money. We need the money. Your faith is waning as we speak. Don't talk about what you need. Talk about your seed. The seed that's already in the ground. And the seed you got in your hand. Come on, are you listening? And the harvest. This is not just a pep talk, friends. This is living and dying. This is making it and not making it financially. Come on, you with me? We've got to discipline ourselves. Oh, y'all pray with us. We, we're in a slump. If you say so. Oh, I don't correct my confession. I've got a problem here. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but it's not the problem you think. It's not just a money problem. There are the words the enemy brings to your flesh are like junk food. They're like junk food. Remember Proverbs talking about gossip words are that way. They're like morsels, tidbits. It's like junk food and actually worse than junk food, poisonous. And your flesh wants to talk problems. Yours does. And mine. I got, we all got the same flesh. Our spirit's been born again, but our flesh has not. Why are the blues so popular? It's because to the flesh, they feed an addiction. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows what I, the pain. You, you don't know what it's like. I, I don't need to know what it's like. And you need to forget about what it's like. Don't you even care? Yeah, I care enough to not do it with you. This will hurt you. This can kill you. Wallowing in self-pity. Looping what they said to me. What they said to me. What they said to me. They said it to me. They said it to me. They did it to me. They did it to me. It will squeeze the faith out of you it will choke the word of God out of the soil of your heart and bring up a crop of fear and despair you got 
to turn the record player off. You've got to stop the loop. The Lord said to me, don't talk about, don't think about, don't dwell on what you don't have. I've had ministers just look at me, they're just, and good, I'm talking about good people, anointed people, great men of God. Why won't these churches support me? What we're doing, God told me to do it. Why, why won't they support me? Well, who said they should? Nobody owes you anything. Well, well, no, well. What are you saying? Well, where's your mind? I don't have money because they won't support me. You're stuck. I said you're stuck. You're feeding unbelief. You're feeding fear. I'm talking about people that know the word. Why won't my people give? Faith would be saying they do. Why can't I pay my bills? Faith would be saying I call them paid. Is that right? Brother Hagin said some years ago, he was in a country church. and He'd been there for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Man, it was dry. And it was hard. And people had already told him he couldn't have a meeting there. And he was in there praying, God, why why can't we have a meeting? Why why can't we get anything going here? Why can't why can't why can't why can't? And the Lord quickened to him. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. He got it. He, he got up off his knees. He quit begging. He went over to the church auditorium. He said, revival has begun. (laughs) He's in there behind himself. Revival has begun. The meeting is breaking loose tonight. Revival, come on, are you with me? Quit looking at the folks standing there staring at you with no emotion. Quit going by what you're feeling. Come on. Are you a faith man or not? Are you a faith woman or not? Then you don't let feelings tell you what we're having and not having. You decree a thing and it shall be so unto you. Hallelujah. Many of us have known these things years ago, but many have let them slip. They've let them slip. They've let them slip. Slip back into unbelief. Slip back into talking the need, talking the problem. Brother Kenneth and I are talking about this today in healing school. Brother Hagin's, you know, I was I was there for years, and so people came that were pronounced terminal, incurable, and I've seen it. Somebody go to the doctor and they get some tests. And the doctor says, I need you to come. Come see me. Uh Uh-oh. And when you come through the office, the nurses look at you with a smile. You go in, the doctor says, sit down. Oh, I'm fine. You need to sit down. test came back 
positive for this and positive for that, and it's inoperable, it's untreatable, it's cancer, it's AIDS, it's this, it's that. With most people, it's a death sentence. It's just like their death warrant was signed. And just a matter before you're going to come before the firing squad. And from that moment on, cancer is never off of their mind. Even though they put on a smile for their family and they go to work, it's on their mind. It's on their mind. And they're checking the symptoms hundreds of times a day. That's worse. That's worse. Mm. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care who your pastor is. I don't care how many materials you got in your closet. You do that, you will not be healed. And you can't do that night and day and make a couple of token confessions. You can't make three good faith confessions and then look at that and dwell on that all night and all day and have strong faith. I've gone to visit people in the hospital. And I, I can tell when if they get quiet on you. Man, you got to get them out of that. Or that's why they're going to be gone. And you know, going to heaven, if you're a believer, hallelujah. But you don't have to be robbed. I said, you don't have to be robbed of life the Lord gave us. Paul said, which I shall choose, I wot not. He's talking about whether I stay or whether I go, I haven't decided which one. People are trying to tell him, what do you mean? That's not up to you. Apparently the Holy Ghost didn't know. Because he's the one who said it. I want you to say it out loud. I will go. I will leave this earth. When God and I get good and ready to go. I don't have to die from some accident, from some crime, from some stinking disease. With long life, he will satisfy me. And show me his salvation. Glory to God. So if you're told. You got this. You got that. You got the other. The good fight of faith. Is not fighting the symptoms. Fighting the pain. Fighting the doctors. Don't fight the doctors. Fighting the reports. People say, agree with me for, for the right test results. No. You already got the result. That's right. That's right. Quit focusing on that. That's something out here. That's feelings. That's things that are seen. What you've got to do is every time cancer, AIDS, heart trouble, whatever comes to your mind, you have to grab it and you have to slam it down. And you say, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not thinking about it. You're not playing ostrich. You just refuse to let the devil feed fear into you. 
I've got to feed my faith. I'm not going to talk about dying. I'm not going to talk about cancer. I'm not going to talk about pain. I'm not going to talk. Some people bless their hearts. The moment they get a bad report, from then on, they study night and day. They know all the Latin names. They know all the experimental drugs and couldn't quote to you three good scriptures if they had to. And that's why people don't make it. You don't need to know all that stuff. It's who you know. I said, it's who, it's who you know. It's who you know. And he is the Lord who healeth thee. Glory to God. Oh, somebody say glory to God. And, and, and what the Lord is telling me, do you know how to increase your capacity to receive from me? Hmm. Cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. The easiest way to get your mind on the Lord and to keep your mind on the Lord is with thanksgiving and praise. You feel this, you feel that, the report's this, report that. Lord, I want to thank you this morning that I am the healed of the Lord. I want to thank you for all the times you brought me through last year and 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I want to thank you. Hallelujah. I want to thank you that I have more to do and nothing can take me out. If I want what you want for the same reasons you want it, I am unstoppable. Hallelujah. I am unkillable. Because who's bigger than God? He's in me. He's for me. We're together on this. We want the same thing for the same reasons. We're on the same track. And, and we, we should treat talking about the need, the problem, the pain, the symptoms. We should treat it like cussing, the most vulgar profanity. We should. It's actually worse than that. There's a lot of cuss words. They won't kill you at the moment. But talking this stuff can absolutely cause you to die before your time. Just don't talk either one. What do you do? Is that right? Snakes. I know they're there. You feel venom? Uh Uh-uh. I see Jesus. Yeah, but they're yelling and screaming. What about your cows? What about your business? What about shut up, shut up, shut up. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, I'm coming through. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I know what you do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. By your stripes I'm healed. I am healed, healed, healed. Healed, healed. It, it doesn't have to rhyme. You don't have to be on time. Just sing, baby, sing. Just, I'm coming through. I'm coming through. Don't make no difference what the devil may do. I won't even look his way. I don't care what he's got to say. My mind's on the Lord all day. All day. All day. All day. Said my mind's on the Lord all 
He overflows my cup. I got my mind on the Lord all day. All day. All day. I got my mind on the Lord all day. He's more than enough. And he overflows my cup. I got my mind on the Lord all day. What about those symptoms? What about the bills? You need to be singing. What about? Have you checked your feelings? Yeah, but you got that thumping in your head. Huh? What about the bills? what they said about you. You know, they said they were talking bad about you. (laughs) All day, all day, I got my mind on the Lord all day. He's more than enough and he overflows my cup. I got my mind on the Lord. Come on, everybody. Stand up. I all day, all day, I've got my mind on the Lord all day. He's more than enough. He overflows my cup. I've got my mind on the Lord all day. What did he tell Joshua? This book of the law, the word of God that he had, will not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate in it. What? Night and day, day and night. Well, it's either day or it's night. Everybody, all day, all day, I've got my mind on the Lord. talk about the lack. I refuse to talk about what I don't know. I'm going to talk about what I do know and more light will come. I'm going to talk about what I have and more ability will come. I'm going to talk about I can do all things through Christ and I'll be able to do more and more. All day. All day. I've got my there. I got to read this verse to you. Romans 4, 16. See if this sounds familiar to you. It is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith 
of Abraham who is of the father of us all. Can you walk in faith just like Abraham did? Yeah. That's your call. That's who you are. 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed even God who what? Quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Hallelujah. Now keep reading. Abraham, Abram, against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Keep reading. And what? And what? How did he keep from getting weak in faith? Considered not. Oh, somebody say consider not. Consider not his own body. Now dead when he's about a hundred years old. Neither yet. Neither consider it. Consider not the deadness of Sarah's womb. How did Abraham do it? He refused. I mean, it's staring him in the face. He's 99 years old. She's old. She's past the age. He refused to look at it. You couldn't have got him to talk about it. You couldn't get him to dwell on it. He's not going to talk about what he's not or what she's not or what they can't. Come on, are you listening? You could not get him to look at it. People say, well, you're just, you're just pretending. No, you're making a choice. I'm starving this fear and I'm feeding my faith. Keep going. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But what? But what? But what? But what? How can you be strong in faith? Number one. Number one. Cannot consider. You cannot consider. You can't look at it. You can't think about it. You can't talk about what contradicts the word of God in your life. Cannot. Can't afford it. Can't afford five minutes of it. Ten seconds of it. Secondly, he was strong. In fact, other translations say he waxed strong in faith. He increased in faith as he gave glory to God. I wasn't telling you wrong. I said your faith could increase before you get out of here tonight. What do you do? You shut down. Anything telling you you're not healed, you're not prosperous, you're not free, you refuse to look at it, hear it, consider it, think it, and non-stop. You thank God. You give glory to God. Hallelujah. For your healing, for your deliverance, for your prosperity, for your blessing, and your faith is already increasing. It's already waxing greater and stronger just like Abraham. All day. All day. I've got my mind on the Lord. Ha, 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 ha.